Ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, lax rats alike, welcome back to another episode of The Crease Dive. Today is Friday, June 25th, and boys and girls, for the first time in what seems like forever, we are going to be able to watch Jeff Teat play a game of competitive men's lacrosse. I'm Jordy from Barstool. With me, as always, we've got Shido and Dukes on the mics. Boys, how we feeling this weekend after... After a uh, you know a nice refreshing hit of the reset button during that bye week. I mean, you know, during a bye week, you 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 do all the things you need to do. You get your workout in. You you know, smoke a bunch of meat like like you do. You go to the shore, right? And I'm just I'm just talking about your life. I, I don't I, I I'm I'm not sure what anybody does during a bye week. I know I know that I missed lacrosse, and uh, I think probably you know might as well just you know kick it. You know, the most exciting headline. Uh, probably of this year. Sorry to all the other headlines. Uh, Jeff Teat being able to play. So I'm, I'm pumped to chat about that. Um, Dukes, I know you've been, you know, being a hockey guy lately. So I'm, I'm sure the bye week was, was all sports for you. Yeah, you know, just me, lifelong hockey guy, lifelong Islanders fan. My Isles pushing to game seven, went to game five and seven for a little Barstool Sports stream. I um, think I'm going to go to game seven and do a stream. And then if they make the Stanley Cup, be a fun ride, but yeah, miss the cross. Happy to be on hockey Twitter now, and uh, looking forward to talk about the upcoming uh, games. Where's the uh, Where's the Stanley Cup going to be played? It's probably going to be at the Coliseum because the Islanders are going to win Game Seven. Oh, word. And then word. yeah, it's going to be probably an easy breeze. Maybe we take the over. It's probably going to be like eight nothing. <laughs> That's just my prediction. I've never you heard that. it here first. Hammer the over, folks. <laughs> um, Tampa, Montreal. But anyway, uh, but. <clears throat> <laughs> Oh, sorry, my coffee, my coffee is sour. Your coffee is sour. Yeah, oh, it just like didn't. It just came out weird once you said Tampa Bay, Montreal. But uh, what are you saying, Jordy? Well, what I was saying is, uh, dude, like this is a huge weekend for you. I, I don't know. I feel like you might have floated this out on the podcast before. I know that it's it's a take that you've had, or maybe not necessarily a take, but a scoop. I, I would categorize this as a scoop that you had uh, earlier in the late spring, early summer, where uh, you, you were hearing some rumors that uh, Jeff Teat would be going to Hopkins. Um, you know, j- just, just some information that was floated your way. And lo and behold, in comes week three of the PLL season and Jeff Teat playing his first competitive lacrosse game. And again, like, I, I believe over like 450 days at Homewood Field. Um, so that's a massive scoop, a correct scoop for you. Yeah, you know, people, when I first was talking about it, chatting about it, I kept that in the tape chamber. I didn't really want to release that to the public, but I know that at least the three of us were talking about it. And people might have mistaken me for saying that he was going to go to Johns Hopkins University for school. No, no, no. I was saying that he was going to be taken off the uh, unable to travel list and play week three of the PLL. So, again, Dukes was right. Haters are sick. And I think that I'm um, 100 and zero as my record for being right to wrong. So except for Notre Dame by five and a couple other things that didn't really happen. But Jake, any take on Jack T and the uh, Hopkins situation? I just, I, I'm, I had to go back last night and, you know, as you, as you're laying in bed and you just really, you really, you just, you really don't know what to do with yourself, you know, for like the five or 10 minutes before you, you know, actually decide to go to sleep. I had to go back and watch Jeff T highlights and, this man is just such a sick bastard. Um, the way he sees the ball, the way he moves, it's just all silk, right? It's like, it's just he's got the silkiest mitts, as they say. And uh, I, I think it'll be, I think it'll be weird not seeing him in the Cornell red, um, but it'll be also be interesting seeing how the Atlas integrates him into his into their offense. You would think, right? Because uh, he's a decent field player, he's one of the, one of the best people field players. Actually, you would think that the chaos would have been all over that, right? Trying to just get uh, Team Canada to get the boys back together uh, with all the box players, but you know, we'll see how well, he integrates the offense. I think it's interesting they dropped James James Pinnell to to sign uh, Jeff Teat. So James Pinnell has got to be like, I am not worth a Jeff Teat, uh, well, which a humbling experience, I'm sure. So the, the chaos actually did. I mean, if, if you recall, the chaos originally drafted Jeff T yep. in 2020 until he decided to go back to Cornell. And then Cornell said, uh, psych, see you later, nerds. We're not going to have a season this year. Um, but yeah, I mean, like it's, 
I don't, like it, it'll be tough for Jeff Teat for sure because he hasn't played in a game in in quite some time. So obviously it, it'll take him like a little bit to kind of just get used to the pace again. Um, but you also have to remember, like one, not only was he one of the best players in college lacrosse while he was out there playing, um, but he also played in that uh, in, in in the World Championships a couple summers ago with Team Canada. And out of like all the young guys that ended up playing in that tournament. So I know, you know, Dehoka was out there. Um, who else? There, there, there was another Drake Porter, right? Uh, I, no, Drake I don't too think young. That, I don't think that Drake was playing in the world championship. I know that Canada, I feel like they had one more college guy um, on their roster. Maybe it was just like Latrell Harris being like pretty young. Um, but when Jeff Teat was out there with team Canada, like he was, one of their best players. Like I remember just watching him and Kevin Crowley working together. Um, and just like, he was unbelievable that entire tournament. So he has plenty of experience playing against the majority of like the top end players in this league. Um, and then, you know, everybody else, like he's played against over the last four years in college. So uh, it's, it's going to take him a little bit to kind of get used to that action, but I really doubt that it'll take them, uh, you know, more than maybe, maybe, I mean, it could just be, could take him a half and then he just decides to turn it the fuck on. I, you know, I, I just remembering who and what he's played with and against. Um, I mean, he's going to see a lot of the guys he played with in college. I think that he's the same age as most of the Penn state guys who are in, uh, are in the PLL right now. So I think it will be interesting. I think he's, you know, we also, you know, we, we don't know what he's been doing either. He, he could have been finding a bunch of grease balls, you know, up in the, up in the Northeast, up in there, and they could be having a little secret like fight club, a little pickup, you know, you know, you never know. He could be out on the field all the time, you know, or he could be one of those guys who's like, yeah, I probably haven't, you know, I haven't touched a stick in like eight months and he just picks it up. And it's like the, fr- it's like the first time it's, you know, it's like, he's, he, quick, he never quick, left. Quick, right? three and, quick three and two after not touching a stick in seven months. That would be, he would be the type of guy who would do that. Right. Yeah, that's what I was saying. I think that he's going to actually have like two and two, three and two. I, oh. Because Sowers, you know how we were talking about Sowers' game and how we didn't know how it would translate in the first game. He kind of struggled keeping it in his stick. Mm. I'm excited to see T with the PLL rules because I think this, obviously, style, because he comes from the box background, he will be able to adapt quickly. And I think that in a weird sort of way, he's going to have that excitement since he hasn't played lacrosse in a while. Because, you know, these kids, they, they get swallowed with lacrosse. We see these showcases and whatnot. He hasn't played the cross in 450 days. He's hungry to touch his stick again. Yeah. Um, great take. Yeah, great, great take. So, uh, but yeah, so so Teat obviously has that box experience. Um, he actually, just a week or so ago, signed his uh, entry-level deal with the New York Riptide uh, of the NLL. But uh, some real quick NLL news before we get into the PLL weekend preview. Uh, so earlier this week, Vegas was announced as a new expansion team in the National Lacrosse League, and they've got an Avengers of an ownership group. Listen to these unbelievable legendary weapons, weapons of an ownership group. You've got Joe Sy, the, the big daddy of lacrosse that Joe Sy. Joe Sy, I would say right now, is the most important man in lacrosse. Without a doubt, He's, he's got the passion for the game. He's got the checkbook that's just deep as fuck. He's an investor in the PLL. He owns the San Diego Seals. Now he's owning another team in Vegas. And then to go along with Josiah, you've got Wayne Gretzky, Dustin Johnson, Steve Nash. And yeah, to top it all off, the team is in Vegas. Like It is going to be such an unreal time for whoever gets picked up to play for that team. Like that's, that's the dream for lacrosse, right? Like, I don't think that there is, there could possibly be a better gig than to get picked up by that Vegas team, play on that roster, play in that city and play for that ownership group. Like that is unbelievable. Jordy, I also saw, oh, sorry, I interrupted. No, you're good. Go for it. Go for it. I love it. I just, I saw this on Twitter. Um, You know, you used your NLL tryout on the Philadelphia Wings. They caught you. You just have to think that you kind of fucked up by not waiting for the Las Vegas team to come around. Because I now I'm seeing Ocello, Evan Malloy. They're both getting like tryouts with the team. One night in Vegas, one day to get some video content in with the cross. I mean, 
sounds like a pretty good opportunity. Yeah, I, mean, I think they should get all three of us out there. I mean, I, team defense. Jordy, Jordy's Jordy's a forward, and then Duke's transition. A goal. Transition. Are you, are you, are you transition? transition? Okay. Like, I can't talk shit on all these players and have them rip me in the net. Like, <laughs> okay. Well, yeah. So I, I mean, I, I think maybe what we can do, like. I mean, I, I feel like we we could join forces with those with those dorks over at the post game, um, but yeah, I mean, like I I have to be in the player pool if the wings cut me, so very much available for an expansion draft. Um, but yeah, I like I, I just I don't know, like I I feel like playing maybe in like Toronto, although they're kind of getting like kicked around a little bit. I, I don't think that they're going to be playing in the same. Or I don't think that they'll be playing in Toronto anymore. Um, I feel like, I don't know, like all those teams in Canada that you think would be sick to play for, um, they're kind of getting just like bounced around from arena to arena. So like other than like, I, I would say playing in Philly is like a great oh, spot. God. Shut fuck the fuck me. up, Jake. God, dude, Wells, Wells Fargo Stadium. Are no, you fuck- but, but, you're, but you're going to go and like you're going to have like a rabid fan base, and and like you're gonna have like good facility. Like if you go to Georgia, you're playing in a casino. If you're playing in, um, you know, you play you play at the. There's no casino here. Gambling's not legal. Where where, where do the uh, where do they the play swim? in? Uh, they play in like a. It's called Gwinnett Infinite Energy Center. It's like it, a. It, it looks like like a hotel conference room that has been. I, it it is very close. It is yeah. honestly, honestly, it is so close to that. So am, am I saying that Philly, like as a city, compares to Vegas? No, but like you're gonna come here, you're gonna have good fans and like who like really like care about the game, and you're playing in like an NHL, NBA stadium. Like the Toronto Rock are getting bumped out to like Hamilton, I believe. I think like Vancouver got kicked over to some other. Um, some other arena. So like Calgary still does pretty well, I guess. I, I think that they probably play where the flames play. Um, but what I'm, what I'm getting at though, is between being able to play for an ownership group, that's clearly going to put a shit ton of money into that team, considering Josiah has unlimited funds um, shout out to billionaires and um, you know, and have that ownership group. And then on top of that, to be able to live in Vegas, like, I like I I don't know what what um property prices are are like over there property values like over there so I don't know if some of these guys are going to be able to afford to live in Vegas I I would imagine like I don't know if if I got signed by that team I'm moving the moment that I hang up that phone and they tell me hey we want you I mean from a from like a dollars and cents point like the market in Vegas like you may you may not get like the rabid fan base as you say like that you would get in Philly but like in a like monetarily it makes sense that to have Vegas as as a market right and I'm it was was you know it's kind of a no-brainer that they did that and I mean I don't know how like the leases and stuff work on you know in terms of how they do it in Canada but like I'm fairly certain like moving teams from from stadium to stadium is literally has to do with like you know how much they've paid to do so so you know if those markets aren't you know, not that not to say that the markets aren't strong, but if the, if the markets aren't strong enough, then that's going to be a result of it, right? But like, I think Vegas is like a, a no-brainer. You're gonna you're gonna catch a, a ton of people at the games. They may not know exactly like what you know, what's going on, but like, it's going to be sweet. And I mean, honestly, you're right. If I got if I got signed to that team, I'm gonna make my way to Vegas. You know, live in the outskirts, whatever I have to do. You know, to you know, just be there. So Dude, there's so much money in that ownership group. Like they can easily afford for like the first couple of years to just comp so many tickets to anyone who's just gambling it. like get, get a deal with one of the casinos and sure. you know, so, in, you know, instead of the, you know, if you're sitting at a blackjack table for seven straight hours and instead of having the, um, you know, instead of having the, uh, the waitress coming over and, and comping you a drink, you know, just get you some tickets to whatever this team's going to be called in Vegas. So, yeah. So, uh, Dukes, I mean, like how, how pumped do you think that these guys are going to be when they get that call to play for this team? I mean, if you're an NNL, pause, an NLL player, <laughs> you have to imagine that the two teams you want to go to is Vegas and the Long Island Riptide. That's just coming from a FLID myself. But if I'm a FLID and I get the call from Vegas that I can play – professional box across 
in the most fun city of all time, I'm taking that opportunity 100 times out of 10. And, you know, past couple, the past couple weeks, the last week news came out about two, two players with a box background that uh, like to have some fun themselves. And, you know, if they, they get the call to Vegas, there's going to have to be some security guards in the hotel room. I think, I, I think you guys know who I'm talking about, Gaudette and Stats. So news coming out. Do you want to take this one, Jordy? Uh, yeah, well, so uh, first of all, I, I, th- I think that San Diego will probably end up keeping Stats, but I did see that Matt Gaudette was on the, um, the unprotected list for the expansion draft coming up. So this isn't the Vegas expansion draft. I think that this is the one uh, where, where are they going? They're going somewhere down in like Dallas. Um, but, you know, so may- maybe Gaudette could probably just hold out a little bit and, and wait to get picked up by Vegas. But yeah, I mean, both of these guys – um, it's, it's unfortunate to an extent, but, uh, you know, after an investigation, the PLL, they came out and they said that, uh, listen, both of these guys can't have them anymore. Terminated both contracts of Matt Gaudette and Austin Stotts. You guys are listening to this podcast right now. You, you know, the story, you know, the context, you know, the background, probably, um, you know, a, a lot more alleged um, details have, have been leaked out here and there. So I, I feel like most people have a general understanding of what went down. And, uh, you know, af- after the league took a look at it, they had to, co- they had to terminate uh, both those guys' contracts. So like, I mean, it, it sucks for those guys, right? Because like, I, I think that they're like, yeah, God gets a bad rap because he was a little mean while he was mic'd up. He's still a very good lacrosse player. Like, Fucking go back and watch that run that he went on in the NCAA tournament when Yale was winning a national championship. He had a decent time in the bubble last year until uh, Garrett Eppel decided to just go fucking psycho mode and try to take his head off. Um, so like he's he's a decent, like a, a very good lacrosse player, and I think that Austin Stotts is a great lacrosse player. So it sucks that both of these guys are done because of some off-field shit. Um, but, you know, the league said, like, listen, like, we can't have any of this. And my guess is, like, they were like, listen, like, we have to lay down the hammer right now to make sure that this shit doesn't happen in the future. I mean, I'm all in on that, right? I, I, I It's the same. Okay, so here's what, first of all, uh, based on the Instagram comments, not everyone is aware of what went on. Because when we reposted that, a bunch of kids were like, wait, what happened? Like, good for you, kids. Uh, Congratulations on just graduating from seventh grade and moving on to eighth grade next year. Love you on Instagram. Um, Very cool. Uh, Other than that, okay, so I'm kind of at odds, right? Like, you know, they terminate the contracts in the PLL. You know, do they get a second chance in the NLL? Like, does the NLL say, listen right? Like you guys got kicked out for being shitheads. We can't have that on our. Okay. So you, you are talking difference between PLL and NLL. Yeah. 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 I'm talking, I'm talking difference between PLL and NLL. It's like, does, does the NLL, so I'm interested to see, does the NLL make a statement like, Hey, like you guys were, we'll give you a second chance, but like at the first wind of shitheadedness, like you guys are out or does the PLL or does the, the NLL say like, listen, like we're going to follow suit with the PLL and kick you out as well and just terminate your contracts and blackball you. Like, do we get a blackball situation going on because of how, like, of how like much this has been blown up, right? Like, I don't want to see that happen. Right. Because like this game is very important, right. Based on some, in sh- like, I don't want to see this blow up like that because they were being shitheads. I'd love to see them with a second chance. But also, like, I wouldn't be surprised, right, if they, like, tried to – if the NLL, like, tried to, like, poke their chests out and be like, well, we don't tolerate this, but, like, players can beat the shit out of each other if that's fine, like, on the field. You know what I mean? Yeah, I don't, I don't think that there will be any, like, crossover – I don't think so either. Di- dis- disciplinary things. I, like, I, I would probably imagine that there's probably been, like, a – like a you know behind the scenes conversation between the NLL and both of those players, even though um, you know Gaudet isn't necessarily on a roster, um, but I, I'd imagine that like behind closed doors, they probably said like, listen, like you know that this happened. It, it wasn't like during our season. It wasn't on our time. But like we still like almost like a like a probationary type of thing where it's mm-hmm. like 
like, listen, like you, you guys kind of fucked up a little bit in the summer, just, you know, make sure like you, you're on a little bit of thin ice here. Um, but I can't imagine that, you know, there's any actual disciplinary uh, actions taken in the NLL, especially because like, that's where like Austin Stotts like really thrives. Like that's where he's, you know, he's, he's a great field player as well, but like in the indoor game, like he's an absolute beast. Um, so that, that would be like a tough, like getting rid of them in the PLL as, as I mentioned, like a couple of weeks ago, it's like, like the PLL will be perfectly fine without him in there. Like there's, there's still plenty of talent um, and there's more talent that should be in the game, which, which we'll get to in just a minute here. Um, but in the NLL, like that's, you're, you're losing a big guy if, if you take any, you know, action against him. So, um, but yeah, I, I would, I would just say like, they're probably, they're probably on a shorter leash is what I'll say. But also it's, it's a totally different environment where you're not having all these teams staying in the same location every week. So, you know, how often would they actually come across one another? So, uh, yeah, I mean, um, but yeah, like I said, I, like Dukes, I, I, I know, uh, I know that you've been chomping at the bit to get at this one. Um, so with Gaudette and Stotts both out indefinitely at this point. So, Contracts have been terminated. Uh, you know, those are two offensive players, mostly at the attack position. I know that, you know, both of them have kind of run out of the box a little bit. So attack slash midi, but offensive players out of the league, which opens up the door for, for someone else to come on in and replace them. And unfortunately, up until this point, we we haven't heard a peep of this happening, but when, what is it going to take for the PLL to finally sign Dylan Malloy? The thing is, there's players that just got picked up this week. Brendan Gleason, Dylan Malloy is better than you. Uh, Bryce Wasserman, Dylan Malloy is 10 times better than you. It is fucking disgusting that you cannot bite the bullet and put Dylan Malloy in your league. It Disgust me every single day and every single passing day just shows how stupid and how political this league can be allegedly. Also, I think that Dylan Malloy just needs to come out and make a public statement and say, I want to play in the Premier Lacrosse League because if he makes that statement and no team still picks him up, it just, it's just a hundred percent true that he's blackballed. Um, I don't know. That was a little bit of my rant. That was a little personal. I've been thinking about it for a while. I don't know what your guys' take is on it. I mean, pound for pound, Dylan Malloy is probably one of the top players in, in the PLL. I mean, he's an absolutely unreal force. Um, he's an extremely physical player. The game needs Dylan Malloy. I, I don't, I, there's really no other way to look at it, right? Like the, the game is hurting for a guy like, like Dylan Malloy, right? We needed, we needed Lyle. Right. We, we needed uh, some of the other guys to come over from the MLL, but like just the game needs Malloy. I, I can't, you, you can't say it enough. And for them to have some sort of uh, longstanding beef that we can't get over to just sign this guy to a fucking contract is pretty sad. Um, but I mean, I, I, I do understand the take like, yeah, Malloy needs to like drop like a, you know, like an emoji on Twitter, like, you know, like the lacrosse emoji or like a, a contract signing emoji or something like that. Like, I, I don't know, like, I'd, I'd love for that to be like that. But I, I don't think that he's uh, the type of guy to do it. Um, so maybe like if we can just, you know, plug him as many times as we can, whether it be through Instagram comments or, you know, send the crease dive army after Paul on Twitter or something just to sign Malloy, like I, and make sure it's signed Dylan Malloy. So like, we're not like behind like the post games movement where they're just pushing to get Evan Malloy signed, um, which, you know, I'd, I'd love to see Evan Malloy signed as well. Um, and then also Joe Sider gets picked up out of retirement from his risk management job and Sider plants one, you know, top corner and then just retires. I think that would be an awesome, uh, awesome sequence of events. Um, but I mean, you know, plain and simple, the game needs Dylan Malloy. He's yeah. coming to crease dive. Yeah. So Care like where, 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 where I'm at, like I, I get I can understand where the PLL is on it, right? Because like, you know, they, they were, they were going to bring them over initially, 
then he got a better deal with the Lizards. So, uh, you know, was originally slated to play in the PLL, that inaugural season. Then he goes back on his word a little bit and, and ends up playing in the MLL. And, uh, you know, whether that was for, for money, whether that was just because it worked better for his schedule without having to travel every single weekend, um, you know, it's, it's, still, it's still a little up in the air of, of what that was. But I get the PLL being a little... Like I, I can understand being a little butthurt over the, you know, it, like if, if loyalty is a factor, it's like, yeah, like, okay, like this guy clearly wasn't loyal to the league at first. So like, what do we owe him in the same breath on the same, maybe another side of the coin. So I get like the PLL angry at Dylan Malloy for not being loyal to the league. But now the league needs to figure out who they're being loyal to themselves. Are they loyal? Like, are they loyal to themselves or are they loyal to the fans? Because if they're loyal to the fans, then you sign Dylan Malloy. Because like what you guys said, the game would be so much better with him in it right now. Like being able to watch Dylan Malloy play professional lacrosse on the NBC Sports Network would be an unbelievable way to get a lot of people into the game. Like he's big, he's physical, he's skilled. He gets to the net. He can score some crazy goals. He can shoot the lights out of the ball. Um, Like he's, he's what you want to see. Like if you want to change the perception of lacrosse players of being just these, like, you know, these, these guys just running around and, you know, little khaki shorts and their daddy's money. And like, like you want to see an athlete ball the fuck out in professional lacrosse. Like that's Dylan Malloy again, just big, powerful, explosive, physical, like everything that you would want to see. So, um, you know, if the league is loyal to the fans, you kind of swallow your pride a little bit. You realize, you know, some, some mistakes were made on both ends, but you make amends and you bring them in because there are plenty of guys on rosters right now who are not better than Dylan Malloy and really aren't even in the same sentence as Dylan Malloy. Now, if the league is loyal to themselves, then, you know, they, they just keep that going. But then like, that's like the fans would kind of understand where they stand in, in the league's eyes that the league would kind of put themselves above the fans. So that's, um, you know, probably just the biggest question that the league needs to answer for themselves is like, do you go with the fans or you do you go like what's better for yourself? Like if someone undermines the company, we don't want you, but at the same time, like all the fans want to see you. So um, pretty tough predicament there for them, but the answer is to just sign Dylan Malloy already. Jordy, I just want to shout you out. I think that you have made two of the best points you've like that I've ever liked of yours. One, Joe Sai is the best thing for lacrosse right now. And two, who is the PLL loyal to their fans? Because that's that's actually a great point. Because if they all they want to do is grow the game and they're all about the fans, the engagement, RJ. Well, if you're not giving the fans the best product that you possibly can, then how loyal are you to the fans and how loyal are you to actually growing the game? Because you have to put your ego aside. Because if loyalty was at question, why they why they join up with Warrior and New Balance again? That's that's what I keep looking at. I'm like, you guys bit the bullet on that because it was a business decision. It worked out for you. Dylan Malloy made a business decision a couple of years ago because it worked out better for him. So that's where I'm a little at the crossroads where I just don't understand where they stand. And I love this league. I love this game, but it just seems like a whole load of bullshit to me. Well, didn't – I mean, I was just about to say, didn't Michael Krause – I mean, wasn't Michael Krause slated to play too in the 2019 season, but he signed with the Connecticut Hammerheads? Like, we were all pissed. I remember being pissed about that. So, so I don't – It was a new – it was a new fucking – It points. was a new fucking team too. Like, now, like – Now, my, my, only, my only thing there is it, it was a little bit of a different scenario because, like, if you remember when the PLL was first announced, like, they came out with that list of, like, 150 players that had, like yeah. – had committed that. that like committed to leave the MLL and go play in the PLL and Dylan Malloy was on that. If I remember correctly, which God knows if I am because my brain sucks. Um, but I'm pretty sure that Kraus was like, he was just drafted in both leagues and then chose to play in the, like, I don't really remember a moment where Michael Kraus was like, yes, I'm definitely going to play in the PLL. And then was like, psych, nah, I'm going to play for the, 
Connecticut Hammerheads. But it's not about Kraus. It's about the loyalty to the to the to the. It's about the league. Right. right. Yeah. Like, I, like, what what, I, what I'm saying though is it's just like a little bit different. Where it's like, like you, I, I I'm I'm gonna. I don't even want to come up with a metaphor for it because it's going to suck and it's going to be totally lame, but either way, like it's, it's a little bit different when you draft, when a guy is drafted to both leagues and he's like, listen guys, like I'm just going to go play in this league as opposed to a guy being like, yes, I'm going to play in your league and then dips out at like the last second. So like, it's, it's a little bit different. So I understand like the, the reason for being um, uh, for a lack of, might not be black. I mean, yeah, it's definitely being blackballed. It's definitely being black blackballed. Like, there's no, there's no way there's around. No it. I know, I know, yeah, I know. It's an open, it's, it's, it's an open it's, secret. It's, it's just, it's just a heavy word to throw out there. But I understand the reason behind I'll blackballing Dylan Malloy. But at the same time, it's also like, okay, yeah, get over it. Like, yeah, and if, but I all like, like every like there's 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 no fan in lacrosse right now who's like, you know what. Yeah, the league's right. Like we should definitely keep Dylan Malloy out. Like you know, you, no, I, I, I there actually fans is one right? fan. There actually is one fan because he's restricted on our Instagram and he commented some shit like that and nobody got to see it. So fucking awesome. But they, they their point is like your point is like, well, he he made his choice and now he has to stick with. It's like shut the fuck up, please, nerd. nerd. Yeah. Oh, if, also going back to Kraus. Going back to Kraus. He was a second. He was a second draft pick. You have to be, you have to be like you're not. You're not taking him number two overall if you're yeah, not one hundred percent certain. But, but that's he, what I'm saying, right? Like, like but you want to. It doesn't matter also, if he's drafted in both leagues. Like the PLLs, and it's the same thing with Malloy. If they're trying to put on the best product, especially in their inaugural year, how did you not look at his MLL contract and be like, buddy, we'll we'll pay you one hundred and fifty percent, right? Like, like if you're trying why, to put on the. That's why I think that travel had a lot to do with it at first. Um, which like again like that's just it, yeah. way, like ma- making a decision that's good for it like that everyone in life should make decisions that are beneficial to yourself like you're we're all gonna die one day so why not make good decisions for yourself but again kraus i uh well now this is gonna be like a a, a not a hate on Kraus, but he was drafted oh. second. He was drafted second overall because like so many guys were already going back to school. So like you weren't <laughs> going to draft like. Okay, like, I mean, like like like, like Jeff Teat went. What was it like twelfth to the chaos okay. in that draft? Like he would have been second in that one. Um, Michael Kraus, you're. A great I have one more player. point. Grittiest could be national champion. Congrats to you. Yeah, is, a, is he a Philly guy? No, he's Connecticut. Yeah. Dan Aresti's yeah, got a fucking yeah. Oh, yeah. Darian. Darian's finest. Excuse yeah. me. Sorry. Cut that. Cut that. Yeah, yeah cut um, that. Or Dan's going to kill me. But, like, obviously, like, I don't want to be too, like, you know, I don't want to come off like I hate the PLL. I hate Paul Rabel, like, all that. Because, obviously, we do two episodes a week talking about lacrosse. I fucking love the PLL, what they're doing for the game. I love Paul Rabel, what he's doing for the game. But if you don't sign Dylan Malloy – by the start of next season, I'm not saying it, but I've seen some people humming, humming this sound that they're going to start calling this the political lacrosse league. And I, oh, I would no. just hate to see that happen. That's the last thing I'll say about that. I, I, yeah, I, I think what it would say if they don't sign Dylan Malloy is that we love the PLL more than the PLL loves us. Good points all around, guys. And this is not what we're saying. This is just what the people are saying. Um, but yeah, I mean, like, like we all said, like we love this league and we love this game. And the best part about it is that we still have what eight, nine more weeks of it left to be played this summer. Uh, and it gets back going this weekend at Homewood field, home of the blue Jays. We've got another slate of PLL games this weekend and it gets going tonight, 8 PM. NBC Sports Network, the old rivalry game, the Whip Snakes versus the Atlas. Although the Atlas, they're they're a little bit less of Hopkins' team as they were the first time that these two teams played against each other at Homewood. Um, you know, obviously losing Paul Rabel to the Cannons and Ryan Brown going to the Water Dogs, so um, not quite as many former Blue Jays on the Atlas, but it's still a uh, huge Terps versus Hop rivalry match at Homewood. Um, and you know, all the Terps boys on this whip snakes team just fucking love 
the ball out on Homewood and just stick it to all the stick it to the band as many times as they possibly can. So we've got uh, the Whip Snakes going up against the Atlas 8 p.m. Uh, Jake, how, how you feeling about the Whip Snakes heading into this one at two and zero, and the Atlas bringing in Jeff Teat for his debut, coming off of a uh, a big win right before the bye week last week. Um, I mean, you know, the Whip Snakes are. I mean, they're the team to beat, right? And they, they've been the team to beat for, you know, every year. So, I mean, that's a, that's a pretty tall ask, bringing in Jeff Teat and putting him up against arguably the best defense in the whole Premier Lacrosse League. So, um, not to say that, you know, Jeff Teat isn't up to the challenge, uh, which we know we all know he is. Um, so, I'm thinking that, I mean, I'm watching this game to watch Jeff Teat, and I think that most people are. Um, I think that the whip snakes will do their thing and they'll probably come out on top, but you know, we might see a little, uh, flash and flare from, from teeter. And I think that that's what I'll be watching for. You know, I just, I, the Atlas just don't stack up against the whip snakes. Unfortunately. Um, it's a good face-off matchup between Baptiste and Nardella, which is nice. Um, you love to see that. Um, but other than that, like, I mean, it could be a bloodbath, um, just because the whip snakes are, you know, so good so uh yeah i'm watching that one for teat i'd say like 12 to 4 maybe with snakes favor Ooh, beat down dude beat down with uh with teat with teat with the hattie <laughs> yeah i just think that this isn't this is almost going to be like diversion anger nobody on this atlas squad deserves the beating that the whip snakes are going to give them because again like you said they're just going to want to destroy because it's a Hopkins factor, they're gonna want. There's gonna be a lot of Hopkins fans there, so yeah, I think I think this is gonna be a beatdown. I, I agree with Jake. I think it's gonna be like 10-4, 12-4. Yeah, I I think um, I don't know. Like we'll see. Like Jack and Cat, I've I've been uh, I've I've had to be pretty back and forth on him so far this season. Um, obviously, didn't have his best game of all time against the Archers in Week One, um, but looked pretty good outside of like that first shot that he went up against um against redwoods in week two so um i don't know like like just thinking about the the whip snakes offense like i'm I'm just i just keep thinking a lot of like you know in tight rambo in tight ish zed williams and like that's where cannons is best um so you know i'd say in order for this to be like that blowout that Jake, you, you were talking about. Like, I think that's, it's a huge, like, uh, see how many times Earhart can just let it fly from two. See how many times that Chanachuk can let it fly from right around that two point line. Um, those outside shots seem to drop pretty easily against Kincannon. So, um, you know, I think, you know, Zed's going to go off like he always does. Rambo's going to have a big game because he just loves to stick at the Hopkins. Um, but like th- those will be Earhart and Chanachuk. Like if they're just firing at will, like that's the difference maker that'll make this a game that you could either turn off at halftime or, you know, it- it'll be maybe like a three to four goal game. Um, but yeah, I think we're all on the same page with Terps for sure. Yep. Uh, so then we roll into Saturday. So we get a little bit of a later start on Saturday. We've got 5-15 first game on Saturday. We've got the Redwoods coming off of that loss against the Atlas in week two, and they will be taking on the uh, – I, I never know what the actual word is. What's the opposite of undefeated? Is it just defeated? Defeated. Yeah, so come against the defeated chaos. So, chaos. I mean, this is – it is week three of the Premier Lacrosse League, and I think that the Chaos officially have the first must-win game of the season here. You go down 0-4 after just three weeks on the tour, and that's, uh, that, that's pretty much setting yourself up for, for a missed playoff. So uh, do you guys see the Chaos coming out in this must-win situation and getting it done? Or does TD Erlen just continue to win every single face-off? Rob Pinnell continue to be the league's leading point scorer, and uh, you know this this Redwoods team getting things rolling again after a quick bump in the road against the Atli. I think that RP three is probably playing some of the best lacrosse you know that he's ever played right now. Um, I think that T 
TD. I mean, I think it's exactly what you said. I think TD and uh, and RP3 keep it rolling, and you know everybody else on the Redwoods keeps it rolling, and they, you know, the the chaos have a lot to be desired, as we've said. But you know, towards the end of the year, right? You know, I think all you have to do is not be last place. So they got they've got to sneak at least one or two wins in there, yeah, sometime. And I don't know if it's necessarily this weekend uh, against the Redwoods. But I'd love to see a close game. And I mean, I'm always rooting for an under for the underdog, right? Um, I know that's not how, you know, not very good for sports betting at all. Uh, but um, if I had to, if I had to hammer something, I think I would hammer the under on that one. Um, I, I don't see that one. I don't see the, the ball slinging uh, too much in there. I, I just, I think the chaos have to find a way to integrate Mac O'Keefe and let it, let him keep ripping. Um, but other than that, I, I think I got Redwoods there. Yeah, I think this is an easy one for me. I think it's going to be Redwoods. Um, I think Chaos just aren't very good right now. Um, they got Bryce Wasserman, Gleason, Ryan Smith, but I, I don't think that that's really going to make a difference. Shout out my boy Kyle Thornton. Uh, he he got one from the Chaos to the Redwoods, so I think that he's going to be be pretty excited about this one because you know Towers didn't start him. Didn't play him, didn't put him on an active roster. So I think he's going to get the active nod this week with John Sexton out. I think that uh, Redwoods, Redwoods by, let's go Redwoods by five. Notre Dame thing, Redwoods by five. Yeah. Um, I, I mean, losing Sexton and, you know, also no Jack Near is, is going to be a, a tough blow for the Redwoods. So, um, you know, like if, if there were a week for the chaos to kind of catch a break, like I, you know, I, I think that, you know, they're like, they're just going to have to get a lot out of their midfield units because, you know, not having to go up against sex and not having to go up against Jack near. So like, you're going to need um, some guys to, to step up and, you know, take, you know, obviously the Redwoods defense, like their close defense, just one of the strongest units in, in the league. So might be a little bit tough for their attackman to get going, but like if you can run Mac O'Keefe out of the box and he doesn't have to get by Sexton or he doesn't have to get by Jack near and he can just get his hands free, um, you know, then, then maybe you have a chance. Uh, but I don't know. Like I, I just, I look around the league right now and like just some of these teams, like there, there are clearly tiers to this league. Um, you know, like I would put the archers, the whip snakes, maybe in a tier of their own. Um, Redwoods cannons are, are kind of right around there too. Like water dogs, two, two big wins for them in week two, but you know, it was against the chaos and the Chrome who both have zero wins. So I'm still not quite sure where I'm at on the water dogs. Um, but like you, you look at how the chaos, you know, it's, it's been an early season so far. Um, but you know, they had a tight one against the water dogs, but when they played against the top tier teams, like the whip snakes and the archers, like it just wasn't even particularly close. Um, so I, I think that this is, you know, the redwoods are again, just another tier too high for them to really compete with. So I'm going Redwoods in this one as well. Uh, the second game on Saturday, we've got 8 p.m. on NBC Sports Network. Those same water dogs that I was just talking about. This is a big time show me game for the dogs because we need to see if they can string together a win against one of the top teams in the league. And they have the archers on their menu. And I mean, the archers are just a fucking force they uh two and oh on the season with a goal differential of plus 16 a couple of bloodbaths on their on their schedule already um you know and those wins coming against atlas and chaos so maybe a little bit skewed maybe those numbers will kind of come back to to normal life soon um but this archers team i i we've all talked about it plenty they're just absolutely loaded in every facet of the game right now um so water dogs th this is a big big time show me what you got game out of them uh dukes is big cat going to sell the team when this weekend is over or are the water dogs going to be coming out on top there's been some murmurs in the office it just has pmt lost their fastball uh hashtag pmt out hashtag pmt in big debate on the internet right now um, I think after this weekend, a lot of people are going to be humming the words PMT out because the archers are going to win this one. But in the same respect, I think we're going to see a lot from the water dogs offense. 
I think that the over under should be set at 32 and a half because I absolutely love the over and there's going to be a shit ton of goals and this could be the most fun game of the weekend. So yeah, I think big cattle at least have fun watching it. I think that's fair. Uh, I think that you have to think that, um, that Ryan Brown's going to show out at Homewood, right? You know, if, if, if Ryan Brown has a nice eight goal game, then, you know, we, we could, we could see a close one, but I just, I don't think that the water dogs are going to be able to uh, compete with the archers in like, a, uh, you know, overall or like in totality. I just don't think it's going to happen. 32 yeah. and a half for the overs, uh, the over unders pretty solid though. I, I, I think I, I, I like a nice, I like a nice, like, like a 17, 16 final where it's just goals galore. Like, cause I do think that this one's going to be tight. I, I don't think that this is going to be, it's not going to be a beat down. Um, yeah. Like, you know, maybe, you know, the water dogs, they don't really score in droves the same way that the archers are capable of. Like you could give the archers the ball seven times and they'll have eight points up on the board. Um, not quite sure if the water dogs can kind of score at the same clip as that. Um, but I do think, you know, that offense, we, we saw them clicking in week two. Um, you know, I think another week of, of having Ben Reeves out there, just, you know, seeing, um, you know, if you can really get him to that, like, to wartime, like Yale Ben Reeves, um, would be huge for them. And then, yeah, good, good point on Ryan Brown. Um, guy knows a thing or two about slinging some corners on Homewood field. Um, so I, I think, yeah. Pretty good, pretty good analysis by you boys. It'll definitely be exciting game, high scoring. Um, I don't know. I I might have actually just talked myself into Water Dog seventeen, Archer sixteen. Um, I'm gonna have to bad, bad radio, bad radio, bad radio. Uh, you know what? Give me the dogs. Dogs on top in this one. It'll be a uh, the the upset of the weekend. Um, It'll, it'll say more about the water dogs though than it says about the archers. It'll say more about the ownership. Exactly. It'll say, yeah, yeah that's what it'll show. Yeah. I mean, best, best ownership group in lacrosse behind Wayne Gretzky, Dustin Johnson, Steve Nash, and Josiah. Um, and then that'll bring us to Sunday. So the first game on Sunday slate, we've got the Paul rabel revenge game everybody's talking about it we've got the cannons sitting at one and two taking on the atlas who could they'll either be two and one or one and two depending on how their game on friday night goes uh but paul rabel first chance to play against his former team after getting traded by the atlai in the offseason so uh, does does pr 99 get his revenge on sunday afternoon at the house that he built at Homewood. Jake, your, your thoughts as a, as a Johns Hopkins alum yourself, or are you still in school? I got another semester, but I mean, I'm a hop homer anyway. Um, now uh, by, by default. Um, I don't think it's necessarily that. Can you hear the dog barking? I can. It was a, it was a good take. Okay, good. Yeah. My, my dogs are, are about to be barking. Uh, my, I don't know how I can spin that into a take, but like the dogs barking is nice. Um, I think, I don't think it's necessarily about, you know, Paul Rabel being traded from the Atlas to the cannons. Right. I think it's more about how Paul Rabel is playing good ball right now um, because he's having sex. And then also that, I mean, he's got a great team around him and he'll be back at Homewood. It's like the perfect storm, right? Um, you know, the, the, the storied, uh, the, the storied Hopkins teams in the early 2000s, which is almost insane to think about that, you know, Kyle Harrison and Paul Rabel are still in the league, um, you know, and playing in the early 2000s, right? You know, we were all basically just like, you know, 11, 12 years old watching these guys on TV. And now, you know, they're still playing, right? Long after our careers have been over, which is awesome for us. Uh, big win. Um, so I, I think that, you know, I think the cannons absolutely take it to the Atlas just because the Atlas kind of stink. Um, but I think that, you know, we'll see some, we'll, we'll see Paul do his thing. I think he's playing good ball right now. I think that we counted him out. Um, which I mean, it's not like a, a wild take, right. He's, you know, toward, you know, certainly on the back half of his career, but, um, I, I would probably say, 
I'd probably expect like five or six out of Lyle, just because you know that's always a that's always a guarantee, right? Uh, maybe like a like a two and one from Rabel, and then you know they go like fifteen eight over over the Atlas. I'm into specific scores this week, and then you know the, the at the end of the year, um, as we said previously. Ben Rubior can say, you know, this has been a great rebuilding year for the Atlas and we're looking forward to uh, the draft and, you know, making some changes in the off season. Um, I, I'm fully, I, I love putting words in other people's mouths. So that's, that's where I'm at on that. I actually think that this is a winnable game for the Atlas um, based off nothing. I just, you know, Ben Rubior, yeah, I don't really know how to explain it. But I know Rabel is, is back, sex, sure, whatever, congrats. But I think that Rubier kind of has to win this one. And he kind of has to – even if he loses, he's got to hold Rabel to, like, less than two points or else he looks like the biggest dumbest idiot of all time for doing a rebuild after two weeks. He, he was with a roster for two weeks and then decided to blow the whole thing up. So I think that you either have to shut down Rabel or win this game. Um, and I think, I think that the Atlas do win this. I don't think that they're going to leave this weekend going winless. If they do, I'm wrong. and It won't be the first time. But, yeah, I see this one obviously being close, probably like 10-9, 11-9. Um, what do you think, Jordy? Yeah, uh, well, one, I would say that something that forgot to mention that Jake, you kind of reminded me of it. Um, so that Redwoods chaos game, like that'll be the last time that Kyle Harrison plays a game on Homewood Field. Um, so expect a couple out of him in that one. Um, big time players show up in big time moments. Uh, I don't know. Like you just look at what the cannons have been able to do so far this year. Um, uh, you know, losing a tight one by one against the Redwoods to open up the season, um, losing in overtime against the two time defending champs, like the whips, like I put the cannons in that, that second tier of teams in, in the league this year. Um, and I think like, I don't know, like it may, maybe this is also like a kind of like a, a show me game. Like I, I would put them much closer to the Redwoods and the Whip Snakes than I would put them to a team like the Atlas um, or Cromer. I would even put them ahead of the Water Dogs right now. So um, I think that this is a solid team. Anytime you have Lyle Thompson on the field in your jersey and the other team does not, that puts you in a significant advantage. Um, so I'm, I'm going cannons in this one. I think the Atli will put up a um, they'll, they'll put up a, a, a valiant effort, um, but at, at the end of the day, I just think that the Cannons are uh, much better all around the field than the Atlas are right now. Um, and then uh, to close out the weekend, the uh, Chrome and Whip Snakes. This, I, I mean, do we talk about it or is this just a Whips kind of just? I have I one thing to say. Just crush. Get after it. I think the whip snakes are going to win by a lot of goals. That's brave That's of it. you. Yeah. That's brave of you. <laughs> I, could this be a good old fashioned trap game though? You know, you, you play against the Atlas on, on night one, big emotional, just like just fucking all gas, no breaks, just pump it to the Atlas and kind of just show everyone at Homewood field that, you know, Terps on top. And then you have to close out the weekend. You know, everyone's kind of worried about, ah, shit, like I got to get to my flight on time. Um, and we're playing against the Chrome. We could probably just roll out of bed and beat the Chrome. And then all of a sudden the Chrome come out, they're feeling pretty fresh and they stick it to you. So uh, I, I would at least keep an eye on this one as a trap game. I'll also, Man, they, they, I'm, haven't lost, they haven't lost the game since August 25th, 2019. They have to lose at some point. Trap game. <laughs> Do they? Uh, uh, that's yet to be determined. Spin zone. I got a spin zone. I got a spin zone. Whip snakes. Maryland guys. Back in Maryland. Two games. So you're telling me, Matt Rambo, Earhart, the whole entire crew, that they're in Maryland Friday and Saturday night, and not one of those nights they're going to go out. Boys are going to get a little dehydrated. Boys are going to go out a little bit. This Jordy could be onto something. This could be a trap game. Chrome money line. <laughs> love that. I love the value. I'm, I'm, I'm for, for full transparency purposes. I'm going whip snakes, but I, I would just whip, whip snakes 
but also a trap game. Troll money line. Um, all right. Well, so that is your PLL week three uh, schedule. So Friday, 8 p.m., NBC Sports Network, Saturday at 5.15 and then 8 p.m. Uh, first game of the of Saturday will be on Peacock. The 8 p.m. game will be on NBCSN. And both the Sunday games at 12 and 2.45 will be on Peacock. Uh, oh, real quick, but before we get out of here, just a quick shout out to uh, Kayla Trainer getting named the new head coach for the Syracuse women's team. Um, I mean, 27 years. Dukes, how old are you? Um, 23. Okay. Just, yeah. I, my birthday just happened. I had the, that was the first time I said it out loud. How, how'd that feel? Old. Slightly, slightly Not washed. Good. Slightly washed. Like Jake, Jake and I. I've been are sick- washed. Yeah, Jake, I've been Jake and I. While. Jake and I are significantly washed. Uh, believe we're both twenty nine. But yeah, so Kayla Trainer getting that job at twenty seven. Um, but like, what a, a career that she's had for twenty seven, right? Like, has obviously played in multiple Final Fours with Syracuse. Um, has coached in multiple Final Fours with BC. Has won a national championship this this past May. Um, so. As far as resumes go, like there might not be a lot of years on that, but there's a fuck ton of success. So um, I think that Syracuse women's now in, uh, in, in great hands after Uncle Gary crossed the hall over to the men's program. I mean, what, well, what else is there to say about Kayla Trainer? I mean, her resume speaks for herself. I think she was like three-time uh, three conference. Yeah, three-time, oh, yeah. three-time conference player of the year, three-time Twarden finalist. I mean, just an absolute beast. She put up hundreds of points. I, I mean, Syracuse uh, is Syracuse back, just in general. Is Syracuse is is are the Orange back? All the way. It remains to be seen. Also, um, I feel bad for the BC girls because Kayla Trainer kind of did like a little pump fake. She's like, I'm not, I'm not going to go. I'm going to stay, stay at BC. She did a pump fake. But then she drove to the rack and she dunked it and she, she went to Syracuse. So, but like, is Charlotte, is, it, but is like Charlotte North not like the, we got like a LeBron like player coach situation going on here. Like, she's going to run it back herself, you know, like extra motivation. It, yeah. Did like, did, did she like dap, did they like dap each other up as they go, like, hey, you got this now? Like, you're in, like, she's like, you know, Ocho's in charge now, you know? Who knows? I know the BC girls are pretty pissed or like not pissed at <laughs> Kayla, but I, I I, I think that they're very, very upset. Mm. They loved her. They, I mean, yeah, she's, yeah, she yeah, seems yeah. fantastic. They yeah. loved it's, her. Yeah, it's, it's, it's like the same upset, like, when you um, – like, I don't know, like if, if you're going away on vacation and like you're, you don't get to see your dog for a week, like you're upset, like you're like, man, like I'm really going to miss that dog. Um, but also like I, I'd, I'd imagine that that upset is probably like an equal amount, probably pumped that she gets a head coaching gig, especially at a program like Syracuse. Yeah. I mean, if you're, if you're mad at her for taking that job, the problem oh, no, is I, you. I, yeah, you I, 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 I can't, I can't imagine that anyone is actually mad at her for taking that job. To be a head coach in the ACC in any sport at 27, like that's that's a sick gig. Um, but yeah, so shout out to Kayla Trainer and shout out to uh, all the boys who will be heading to Homewood Field this weekend for Week Three in PLL action. Uh, make sure you guys uh, are following us on Twitter and Instagram, even though a lot of you are catching the blocks on Instagram lately. Um, but make sure you guys are following us there at the Crease Dive on both social media platforms. And in the meantime, we'll be keeping it low to high to the day we die. We out. So here we are again in physics, just like last week. You got your brass knuckles and I got a machete. Not too long ago, we used to cuddle in our sleep. Somehow this shit got turned around and now the words got deep. All the love letters stuffed into a Molotov cocktail. Sometimes it's easier to walk away. Walk away. Call it what it is. This is hopeless. Can't you see it, girl? The life goes on. Life goes on. And we